This is it. You sick son of a bitch. We did it. This is it. We made it. Football, dude. Michigan State on the banks of the Red Cedar. There's a school that's known to all. If you're a Michigan fan, you can sing your song. I'm not going to do it for you because I'm not a crazy person. But you can sing your song. You can put your clothes on. You can roast your own pigs in blankets. You get the friends over. You turn that. You, t- you wake up in the morning. You make a breakfast. Maybe you get like a donut or something. You do something you don't typically do, right? You get a donut. Maybe you get a muffin. I don't know. Maybe you just go out for breakfast. Maybe you typically cook Saturday mornings. You do something a little special though. Maybe you buy the coffee instead of brewing it at home. You do something a little bit different, a little bit more special. And you turn the TV on and away we go. We did it. And away we go. We did it. That TV goes on college game day. You got the crew, Herb Street, Corso, fucking, is it Reese Davis? You got the crew. They're on some college campus that looks beautiful. Every building looks like they tried to make it be a church. Um, the, The leaves, maybe beginning of September, they won't be falling, but there's trees. There's probably trees in the background. There's students. There's excited people. They got signs. We're tailgating. It's the fall. Football colors, football highlights, football people, football music. We fucking did it, man. You believe that shit? Come on. Come on. Come on, baby. We fucking did it. I can't believe we did. Here we are, two weeks from the day I'm recording this. It's August 22nd as I come to you. Two weeks, maybe a little less technically, until, no, no. No, no, no. No. Less than two weeks this weekend. Week zero, we've got like six games. USC, I'm going to watch them. I live in Newport Beach. I'm going to watch them, dude. They had a Heisman winner last year. They were a top 10 team all season long last year. Nobody in Southern California could have told you that they played one game on any Saturday in the fall. Nobody. You walk down the street, Caleb Williams is putting on a season to remember. Okay, Matt Liner, Reggie Bush type shit. He's going to win the Heisman. They're a top 10 team. It's Lincoln Riley's. Was it first year? Last year, USC's like actually back for the first time in a long time. I know they had a couple seasons. They popped up for a bit with Darnold, and then they went away. And before that, they were nothing. It's been a minute since USC has truly been a heavyweight with what people think are the guns to do it, bro. It's fucking Los Angeles. It's a storied program. There is history. There is tradition, even though it is in California and nobody fucking cares around here. There still is something about USC football. There still is a little bit of an allure. I'm going to follow those guys. If nobody else will fucking do it, if I go to the bars in my in my neighborhood, community, whatever the hell, if I go to the bars and the only reason the USC game's on is because someone's watching it is because nothing else is, if that's the case, dude, let me be the one. Let me be the one to change it because someone's got to watch these guys. Someone has to watch USC play football. I think Colin Cowherd may be one who does it. Someone's got to watch USC football. I'm happy to do it. They got a Heisman trophy winning quarterback coming back. Yeah. Their defense. Everyone's telling me their defense. It's going to be better. We'll see. Okay. They've got five stars on five stars. They've got all kinds of talent at the wide receiver position. Not that that was an issue for them last year either, but they've got big names, big recruits. They're going to score a thousand a night. Okay. Caleb Williams is going to do crazy shit. Hopefully since it's year two and there's a little bit more momentum and I don't know, it's been rainy. Maybe it'll be a rainy fall in Southern California. Hopefully due to all of that, people like go to the fucking games. Hopefully the Coliseum has an ounce of an atmosphere. Hopefully it doesn't feel like a morgue when it we're coming to you live from Los Angeles. Hopefully it doesn't look like somebody just fucking passed away in the bleachers. But if no one's going to watch those games, I'll be the one to do it. USC's on Saturday, Navy and Notre Dame, Notre Dame, obviously going to be the favorite, but that's a pretty cool game. Navy. Everybody loves the armed services, football teams. Everybody loves Navy. That'll be fun. They're going to be wearing the trench coat, the midshipmen, 
maybe they got another Keenan Reynolds, a quarterback who's going to go play in the NFL, but may not be able to because he has to serve. We'll see. Maybe they'll have someone like that. I know they're wearing cool jerseys. They're wearing um, – I think they've got like an anchor, like a red, white, and blue anchor on the helmet, I think. I think I saw that on Twitter. So they'll be wearing cool jerseys. I think Notre Dame might be wearing green ones. I think Notre Dame's doing something funky with theirs. So it'll be fucking fun, dude. It's college football. It's college football. Give me Saget. Give me Saginaw State or Saginaw Valley and Grand Valley State. Give me those two. Okay. Give me those two. Fine. Just give me something. Navy, Notre Dame, that'll do. USC, that'll do. But two weeks about until the in-state teams get going, until Michigan State on the banks of the Red Cedar. Michigan, you sing your song. And then, of course, we got the Detroit Lions, baby. Don't sleep on the Detroit Dan Campbell, MC fucking DC, Brad Holmes, well-oiled machine. This thing's rolling, so don't stop rolling because the good times keep rolling. Detroit football Lions, don't forget about those guys either. Those guys are going to put on a little They're going to put on a little something something this fall. At least they fucking better or I'm going to be hanging from the bathroom. Do you understand? They fucking better. We're going to have some issues. No, no. They will. Not even not even worried about it. It's uh they will the lions you know it's i'm not do i seem worried do i seem paranoid of the past because i'm not do i seem a little bit vulnerable at the moment that the lions might take my sweet supple little heart in their hands and squeeze that shit until it looks like plum juice am i am i a little nervous about that happening no the Detroit Lions, baby. They're going to show up for us. They're going to so- show up for this city. They're going to show up for that coaching staff. They're, they know the hype, dude. It's, we're 50,000 people at the preseason game. The Detroit Lions, they're going to back it up. They're going to walk it like they talk it. Walk it like they talk it. Drake, little known fact, Aubrey Graham was talking about the 2023 Detroit Lions when he brought that song to Migos. Everybody fucking knows that, dude. I'm not worried. The Detroit Lions. Big moments. Big plays. Big aspirations and big time delivery. That's what the Lions are about. Don't ask my dad. Don't talk to any member of my family my age or older. Don't ask any of them what the Lions have done historically. Come on. Come on. Look, if it's not going to be now, it's never going to fucking ever happen. And I can't, I can't live with that being an option. Do you understand? I can't live with that being an option. I've started watching the Detroit Tigers. I football for like three, four, five, however months, many months of the year, watching football is like the only thing I really watch on TV. For those four or five months, I either watch football or I just don't watch the TV that day. Maybe on a weekend, maybe Saturday night. Actually, you know, there's probably football on. That's it. It's either I'm watching football or the TV's off for the next like four to five months. I can't live. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I got to go to work tomorrow, right? I'm supposed to wake up six in the morning. We're hitting the gym because we're trying to get like this guy, the greatest ever do at Novak Djokovic. I'm not going to sleep tonight. If I go to bed thinking (laughs) it's possible that the Detroit lions don't get it done in the one year they've everybody in the fucking world. It's not just lions fans. It's not just lions radio. It's not just the free whoever they hate us more than anybody. The hometown media publications. It's not just Detroit. Everyone's going, they got a fucking squad, NFL people, TV people, so-called experts. Everybody's talking about the lions. You see it on inside the den, the YouTube series. They do. There's a buzz in this feeling, gentlemen. It's different today, gentlemen. You can tell there's a feeling in the air, gentlemen. They're talking about shit where it's like, you don't, Coming off last year with the context and the pieces that we wrote, kept, 
which was pretty much everybody, and the pieces that we added, which was only improvement. We lost Okuda. All right. Did we lose anybody else? Honest to God. Did we lose anybody else? Did we lose? Who'd we lose? Uh, DJ Chark. All right. And we just plug and play. We replaced half those guys. We're adding Brian Branch. We're adding Sam Laporta. We're adding Jack Campbell. We're adding Jameer Gibbs. To me, DeAndre Swift. Okay, we got someone better. What's his name? Uh, Jamal Williams. Okay, we got a better player. Like, we're every single place. We're improving. We're deeper. The top talent is higher end. You're hoping a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, year two, that might be a fucking problem. MCDC, a guy who, look, I love him to death. You should too. He's gotten this thing going in Detroit, or at least he's got it on the cusp. He made a couple questionable decisions, dude. He made a couple decisions where you're like, God damn it, how much did you get concussed? He made a couple choices in games last year that you could – if you aggregated the sum of all of his questionable decisions, you could at least tack one loss to, hey, hey, Dan, what's – why'd you do that? What the fuck, Dan? Look, after your seventh cup of coffee, Dan – it actually is going to start to hinder your ability to think and process information. So maybe relax after the sixth. Dan, there was a couple moments. Love him to death. He's our guy. He's gotten this thing going. I trust him more than anybody else in the NFL on any sideline. I trust Dan Campbell more to lead this team to a successful season that ultimately ends with a playoff appearance more than anybody else in the NFL. The guys buy in. The front office likes him. The fans... Love the guy. Fucking really do. He made a couple decisions last year. You put them all together like a piece of Play-Doh, it equals one, what the fuck, we lost that game because of you being a moron. It equals one. That's probably that's probably fair. I think people could argue more than one. We'll say it equals one. That would have been the difference of making it in the playoffs. But I say all that not to shit on Dan, not to talk negatives, because the Detroit Lions don't have the word negative in their vocabulary. I say all of that to say you hope another year under his belt, a year coaching in close games, winning some of those close games, Dan hopefully figured out more. Hopefully there isn't any decision where you go, did we just, did our coach just cost us the game? Hopefully that happens zero times over the course of the season. Everything points to these guys getting it done. And if you're telling me for five months of the year, where all I want to do is just watch football. If I'm in front of the TV, put a game on my favorite team that I've loved for whatever fucking reason, since I was a kid, since, since the the moment my brain worked, the moment I could store memory, I've just been obsessed with the Detroit Lions, okay? And look, as I, as am I as obsessed now as I was when I was like 14? Probably not. Am I still going to be fucking pissed if they don't do something? Yeah, for sure. I still care a lot. So if you're telling me the one time in my life, the one time in my life where everybody agrees, hey, this is going to be a season for the Detroit fucking Lions. If you're telling me I got to go into that season and go, look, the Lions of the past have done this. Look, until the Lions actually do it, I'm not going to have any faith. If you're telling me I got to go into that season, 26, first time in those 26, I got to go into that season with my head down, taking the piss, kicking the shit. Yeah, we're, it's the Lions, so we'll see. If I can't go in fired up, ready to go, believing in my guys, then I don't want it. I don't want any of it. I have to. There is no other choice. Of course I feel good about what the Lions are going to do. Of course I'm excited. Of course I have high hopes. Of course I think they're going to live up to those high hopes, to my high hopes, to yours, to people on ESPN's high hopes. I think they're going to win, I don't know, 10 games maybe 11. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Now, does that mean they win the NFC North? I think they are the best team in the NFC North. I think they should win the NFC North. Will I be free freaking out and yelling in anger if they don't win the NFC North, but they make the playoffs through the wild card? I won't be yelling. I'll be really fucking happy. I will be cheering quite a bit. Would I prefer they win the North? Yeah. I just can't go into a season like this without the utmost vibes. You know what? I can't be powered the fuck up 
energizer bunny of vibrations. I can't do that. I gotta be flying high. I gotta be, it's, you ever seen a bird fly? Speaking of flying high, you ever see how they just coast, dude? Unbothered. Don't, just don't even, unless you're food, they don't care. Then they, just, no effort, just hanging out. That's how this lion season's gotta be for me. It's gotta be just, let's fucking, it's gonna go right, right as it's supposed to, dude. According to fucking plan, let's, let's, let's do what we say we're gonna do one time. I believe we will. I'm an eagle. I'm going to go from this nest to that nest full of those baby pigeons that I'm going to eat. It's gone. There's no pterodactyl picking me out of the sky. Aaron Rodgers, the pterodactyl, he's gone. There is no pterodactyl. I want to see the lions. A to B, baby. A to B. Just cruise on that. Coast on over there now. It's positive vibes. It's positive vibes. If you're a Michigan fan, it's obviously. Positive vibes. If you're a state fan, I think it should be positive vibes. I'd understand if you were a Michigan State fan and you came to me and you go, look, I just don't think state's going to be that good. In a, in a world where that happens, down on your luck, just got laid off, girlfriend left you, parents don't like you. Tough, tough go with things. And if you come to me and you go, look, man, it's just been dark lately. You know what I mean? Silver lining. It's more been like a gray lining. Like it's just life's got you on the fucking ropes. And you confide in me. I don't think state's going to be very good. I'd have a couple answers for you. I would. Um, I don't have any hardcore proof. Nobody does. That actually would be impossible if I did, I probably wouldn't be doing this. I'd probably be like 400 pounds in a laying on a beat. If I could tell you what was going to happen, I'd be rich. I'd be fat. I'd be gone. You know what I mean? But I can give you some reasons, some hypotheticals, a couple theories, dude. Ready? Newton, gravity, Nick Bradley, eight and four. You can do, there's a couple strings to be pulled, a couple avenues to be explored. My friend, a couple lanes of the mind that you quite haven't journeyed down <laughs> just yet. Nine and three would be crazy. Let's start there. Nine and three would be crazy. That'd be a, that'd be outstanding. Ten and two, unbelievable. Eleven and one, fuck you. Twelve and zero, oh, that's not going to happen. Okay. But eight and four, eight and four, it's not going to be easy. It's not even likely, but eight and four. If we got to the end of this season right now and you came back right here sitting next to me, I'd say, hey, buddy. And you go, look, man, shut up for a second. Michigan State's going to be eight and four in 2023. I'd go, I could see it. I'd be surprised. I'd be happy. I'd go, but it, but I think it's there. I think it's possible. I know how fucked up the schedule is, but I think it's there. I think it's an ideal, like, Mel Tucker, Michigan State, here we go catapult into the, into the let's, now we try to fucking win everything every time. I think that's a season where I go, okay, 10 years, however many, when the story of Mel Tucker at MSU is written, I think eight and four, this year being a year where we look back and go, that's when they made it happen. That was the difference. That year was when it changed. I could see that. Seven and five, I don't think that's terrible, obviously. You know, can't do that forever. It's not going to get the job done. I think that's possible too. Six and six, okay. Not my favorite. You made the bowl game. Let's recruit. Let's move on. 2024, we got to fucking go. Anything less than six and six, though. Six and six. I know Michigan fans are saying, you're going to win four games. You're going to win five games. You might even win three. I know there's people that hate us, hate Mel Tucker, don't know why or what their reasons are, but there are haters. There are people unaffiliated with Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State or who anybody who may consider MSU a rival. There are plenty of college football fans and people who prey on Michigan State's downfall. They don't like, for whatever reason, that uh, Mel and the fellas won 11 games in 2021. Uh, they don't like that Kenneth Walker was who he is. They don't like that we complained 
that he should have been in New York, what he obviously should have. Um, I don't think they liked that state fans got excited and puffed their chests after the 2021 season, which that's the whole point, right? Everyone told us in 2021 we were going to stink. Um, we didn't. Um, we beat Michigan. Um, we beat Pitt. Um, we beat Penn State. Um, yeah, we're going to fucking shove it in your face a little bit. And yes, of course, winning 11 games in the year two of a coach's tenure and him finding the next Barry fucking Sanders. Yeah, fans are going to get excited and tell you how great they are after that. Fair enough, though. You hate it for it. Oh, you guys have had one good year. Quit your Okay, whatever, but that's what fans do. That's part of the deal. If you actually hate Michigan, if you actually like, I hate Michigan State fans for that, you hate fans for just doing the whole thing of what fans do? Fine, if you go Michigan State fans are annoying, okay, I can live with it. Regardless, people don't like us. People don't want to see us win. People don't want to see MSU have success. I just don't see a way that we go worse than six and six. And I think if we do, this is as a Michigan State fan, this is at a guy who at the moment I would say I like Mel Tucker. I didn't know shit about him. When we got him, I was fine with the hire. Obviously loved him through 2020 and 2021. But last year wasn't great. There is no sugarcoating that. Last year was not great. Last year was fucking bad, actually. Last year was bad. Okay. I I Maybe it's a little bit like the Lions. Like, I just can't believe. I can't I can't let myself, as a Michigan State fan and alumnus, I can't let myself go there where it's like, we're going to be five and seven. I don't know if it's that, that I just refuse. The homerism. I just refuse to go into a fresh season with new guys and like a new wave of recruits that Mel Tucker brought in. I can't go into a season like that going, we're going to fucking stink again. I don't know if it's that in me. Or I don't know if it is like there is a reason to look at the roster and go, well, this thing's much better and that's much better. And uh, well, they have these this level of talent now. Well, the depth this year wasn't great and then we got some now. I don't know which outweighs which. Maybe it's a combination of both. I just don't see a way. I don't see a way we go six and six. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to go through state schedule. And we're going to go through Michigan schedule. State schedule, look. Here's the thing. I, I would say it last year, like going into each week when Michigan State's playing whoever, Michigan's playing whoever, and you're going to talk about the game. It's a lot easier to talk about a game after the game. Like, okay, game's over. Let's talk about what happened. For me, at least, I'm not some analytical person. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a talking head who's like, well, look out. Central Michigan loves this running back, so look out for them to do. I'm not that guy. Analyzing these games, I'm like, dude, Central, we're Michigan State. We should smoke them. There's your analysis, right? I'm not going to get into the X's and O's. And even the year, like Michigan State, with that year we were good in 21. Obviously, Michigan was good. There was nothing else to say. Each time those guys played, each time State played, it was like, well, if we run the ball, we're probably going to win. Michigan, well, if they run the ball and they should because they're all lines nuts, they'll probably win. So if they run the ball well, which they should, they'll probably win. So they'll probably win, and their defense is good. It's like there's – what do you analyze? Like MSU this year, defense can't be fucking dog water. If it's not dog water, I think they'll win some games. I think the offense will probably, I think it'll be improved to last year. I don't think it'll be 2021. Um, hopefully, you know, somewhere in between last year and 2021. But I think it's like, if the defense is pretty good, I think they'll win some some football games. Are they going to win a ton? No. Are they going to win 10? Probably not. I could, They'll win some football. They'll win seven games. Maybe they win eight games. If the defense is pretty good and the offense is between last year and 2021, like, yeah, I think they'll do okay. Run the ball to, to improve your offense. The quarterback situation, obviously you could talk about that all day long. I don't know. I don't know how much there is to say. Like, we have to watch. We just got to see. At this point, um, I've kind of given my take about the quarterback situation. And I don't know if MSU plans to announce prior to the game, September 1st, or if they're going to announce day of. I don't know what they're going to do. I've given the take, like, I, again, what else is the take? But play the best player. I don't give a fuck who it is, dude. I don't care if he was a walk-on who was just first chair clarinet for the marching band. If he can sling the fucking rock. Put him in there. If he can make plays, if he runs the offense, 
put him in there. If he knows what's going on, dude, he knows when when the audible out of a run. He knows when the audible into a run. He knows who's going to be open because the defense is playing this coverage. Whoever that guy is, I don't care who it is. I don't care if they have one fucking leg. Whoever does the best work, put them in. Don't care how old they are, where they come from, what they were rated. Best player, whoever achieves the most in practice, whoever like offense looks the easiest when they're playing, that him, him that guy. Whether it's Kim or Hauser, I do think they keep saying three-guy race. Um, it's for sure going to be one of them, too. It's for sure going to be Kim or Hauser. I feel like my gut at the moment, it feels like it's pretty even uh, just from what I read, just from what we hear. And again, I don't have any inside sources, but it seems like it's pretty even. My gut would be Noah Kim, just the fact that he played a little more last year. Uh, he's a redshirt junior. He's been around for a long ass fucking time. They talked about this guy's got incredible speed. Apparently, I didn't realize that. It's I do think it'll be a little bit of like a seniority and B. Hey, this guy waited his turn. Like, let's see what he's got. Caden isn't good enough to demand that we play him right off the rip. So let's see what Noah Kim's got. Like they each have it, depending on the day, this guy might be better. One of those situations, then I think it'll be Kim, which I don't have a problem with. Um, But again, I just want it to be the better player. I'm not super worried about QB. And I guess this is all stuff, you know, we can, we can get into it a little bit more next week when we talk about the central game. I'm not overly worried about QB just because like I've said a million times, And this is why I think MSU will actually be somewhat decent. I, the offensive line, I just, from, from what I know, from what I know, like who played last year, the injuries that were sustained last year, watching the games last year, like seeing in real time, obviously you can look at the numbers and do the, watching with my eyes, watching MSU play football games last year. Our offensive line got fucking dogged a lot, like a lot, not just, Hey, they're not overpowering them and blowing holes open, but like they're getting their lunch money fucking taken. The number of games that that happened in was, was a large, I feel like it was damn near everyone, Illinois. Maybe it didn't happen so much other than that. Maybe the first two, Akron and whoever the hell we played the first one. Other than those couple, it wasn't fucking good. When a Big Ten team came and played us, it wasn't fucking good up front. And again, people were hurt. Guys were young. Mel's guys specifically were young. The depth wasn't there. That all changes. I think, A, the top end talent. The offensive line may be more than any other position group other than defensive line. A, the top end talent is higher. B, those young guys that Mel Tucker recruited, some of these four stars, some of these like 6'6", 300-pound guys that Mel Tucker goes, you look like the dudes that played O-line at Georgia. Those guys now are sophomores. Those guys are coming along. Those guys are more able to play. If somebody gets hurt, the second string guy isn't a fucking tin can trying to pull and kick out an edge. The second string guy, he can actually do something. He knows who he's supposed to block. He's willing to go get after Ohio State's defensive end. I think that helps you immensely. I know we lost Thorne. I know we lost Keon. I know Jaden's gone. That helps you immensely. Your offensive line, you'll be able to run the ball. Whoever's playing QB, running the ball makes your job easier. When you do throw it, you'll have more time. Like, I believe we have playmakers again. Some Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker guys that he's recruited. Courtney Hawkins has been awesome. The whole, I think the whole way. I think he's been one of the better, if not the best, assistant coach Mel Tucker's had in his tenure. I do think there's young guys, there's talent, there's recruiting stars. I do think there are young guys playing wide out that'll be able to come along and pick it up and make plays. Will they be Keon and Jaden Reed? No, no, probably not. But will they be able to get separation? Will they be able to make plays? Is there going to be a receiver who at the end of this year, we go look out for this fucking guy next year? I 100% think so. I think that is almost a certainty, whether it's Tyrell Henry, um, Antonio Gates, Jerron Glover. I don't know who it will be, but I think it is almost a certainty there will be a receiver at the end of this year. We go, this guy is going to be a menace next season. Maybe multiple. I think the offense, I think the quarterback should have a should have a much better time. Much better time next season despite losing those weapons. That all said, tell me how the offense isn't better. 
Tell me how the offense isn't better. Tell me how the offense isn't closer. It's not between last year and 2021. Tell me how that's not the case. Peyton wasn't that great. I'm sorry to say it, but he wasn't. Quick break. We'll get back to this. One more thing on Peyton, and then we'll move on. I don't want to focus on him. I know everyone says, and look, I don't think Peyton Thorne was bad by any means. He was a solid college quarterback. But I, I think people are maybe, again, I both inside and outside MSU, I think people are a little over the top with, you're missing this guy. You're missing your starting quarterback. I know he's got the year where he threw 27 touchdowns, um, which is great. The numbers are the numbers, absolutely. And he made some fucking unbelievable throws in that season. That one to Jaden Reed, the fade to Jaden Reed on the fourth down against Michigan, that's one of the best MSU throws I've seen in my entire life. I mean, that ball was fucking perfect, and we absolutely had to have it in the moment. He's made some massive throws. Throwing that shit up to just Jaden Reed, pardon me, uh, his entire career, really. But let's not let's not act like, you know, I don't he's got better numbers than Connor Cook. Was he was he Connor Cook? I don't I don't think so. Right? Could Connor Cook have made a lot of those fucking throws? Yeah. I let, Peyton Thorne at Michigan State had the best situation offensively that a Michigan State quarterback has had for sure since 2015, for sure since tw- by a mile by a fucking mile since 2015. And maybe, maybe, maybe a better situation than any of those teams before then too. Any of those D'Antonio era teams. Maybe like those, none of those D'Antonio teams were super high scoring. Kirk Cousins was the fucking man. We all know that dude. Brian Hoyer, damn good. Connor Cook, obviously phenomenal. None of those state teams were that high. None of those state teams had a Heisman running back that half of your job was, here you go, just fucking score the touchdown. Like, I don't think people understand how much that changes the game for the quarterback. Every time you go play action, everybody is worried. No one's worried about you. Every time you go play play action, the safety shits his pants and is like, fuck, don't tell me they gave it to K-9. Every time. When you have a guy like that, and not to mention Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, Trey Mosley. We had some guys out there that could run, guys that are in the NFL now, guys that could catch passes. For sure, Jay Johnson was feeling fresh. Jay Johnson, another thing that I've kind of been reading about or, uh, you know, seeing seeing and hearing that gives me more faith in the offenses. Look, Jay Johnson was sweet in 2021. He had the run game. He had a better offensive line. He could be a little bit more, I don't know if liberal is the right word, but like expansive. He could do more with his playbook. Last year, it's like, bro, everyone's getting on his case. If you can't fucking block anybody, it's tough to call offense. So I think that'll be, again, coming back to that offensive line, that'll help out this year. But Peyton Thorne was maybe in the best situation a quarterback at MSU has had around him in my lifetime, one of the best. Scoring points points wise, he was still a good player. Absolutely. But that year, everything was perfect. And we saw the flip side, right? That offensive line, that's not his fucking problem, right? The wide receivers, you had Jaden Reed and Keon, so you can't really complain there. And then you can talk all you want about the play calling, but then it does come back to like, it's tough to call plays when you don't block, when you can't run. Last year was a year where it was, yo, Peyton, need you, need you, pal. Need you to just do this. It's on you now. It was on Kenneth last year. Now it's your turn. And he just wasn't up for it. I think that's fair to say. He just wasn't up for it. Um, The team stunk, yada, 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 yada. We know the story. But when it comes to the quarterback, I'm I'm not that worried about the drop off. I agree. It's probably a little bold to assume whoever plays QB will be Peyton Thorne's level immediately or even after that second game against Richmond. I agree that might be a little bold, but I think even if there is a fall off talent wise or comprehension wise or whatever, I think if there is a fall off, I don't think it'll be that great. And I do think the situation around whoever the QB is 
we'll mask it enough, we'll make their job easier enough, where things will work more smoothly regardless. That's just how I feel. Um, I, I mean, dude, we saw it like Michigan is a living fucking testament to it. Watch JJ McCarthy is sweet. Put JJ flop Peyton Thorne and JJ McCarthy last year. Maybe Michigan loses a game, right? Maybe Michigan loses a game. If they have Peyton Thorne instead of JJ McCarthy, we probably go seven and five at best. If we have JJ, right, at best, seven and five. Like, JJ's top 10 QB in college. He's got an unbelievable arm. He might take a big step and be the actual fucking man this year. I agree. But look at why Michigan wins. They they own the line of scrimmage. It's been that way for the last two years. It's going to be that way again this year. They own the line of scrimmage. They run the ball on absolutely fucking everyone. Okay. And then because they can do that, anytime they pretend like they're about to run it, everybody is just that much more open. And they got a quarterback who can sit back there. He's not getting harassed. He's not running for his life every play. He can sit back there and deliver a fucking dime when somebody's open. That's why it all starts the offensive line. It all starts the line of scrimmage, the Lions. Why did the Lions start winning games last year? The line of scrimmage, the offensive line. We ran the ball. Why did we never, ever win before that? All the Stafford years, anytime they did make the playoffs, we have Calvin Johnson because we don't fucking run it. We don't control the line of scrimmage. We aren't able to just impose will. First year, first time ever, the Lions make that our, their identity. They go out of their way to build an offensive line to say, we're going to run the fucking ball. They go nine and eight. They're on the hot, the hottest streak in the entire NFL at the end of the season. They're poised to win their first NFC North since 1991 in year three of the regime. Go fucking figure, brother. Look at all the MSU years. D'Antonio, Tucker in 2021, whatever you want to go. Look at any football team in the world. If they can't do something at the line of scrimmage, they're not worth a shit. Plain and simple. Same for the defensive side. Um, I do want to move on because I've been talking about state for a minute now and I want to go through the schedule, but same shit, dude, the defensive line, it's going to be top end talent. We got, uh, transfers coming in. We got high school guys, some of Mel Tucker's guys now going to be sophomores. It's, it's higher end talent at the top. And now much, when you go to Alabama, when you go to Georgia, when you look at those depth charts, Ohio state, Michigan, the dude who's the third end off the bench. He was a four-star too. Now you've got a little bit of that going. Oh, the 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 second defensive tackle, or I guess if you're looking at a rotation of four, the fourth defensive tackle, yeah, he was a four-star in high school. Now you've got some depth. You got two shifts of guys who can play. One one set's tired, here come the next guys, and they are the exact fucking same. They are going to give you just as much hell, if not more, as that last group. The linebackers, everybody's back. I think Jacoby Winman's going to be one of the better players in the conference. Um, I hope Darius Snow comes back at some point. And if he does, I hope he's, you know, who he was before. That guy was so sick, man. Damn shame what happened last year. I think Aaron Brule is a good player. I think Cal Halliday is a good player. Uh, Ma Uatate, the kid who flipped from USC, four-star guy from the West Coast. Jordan Hall, four-star from IMG. Everybody's talking about how he's the man. He's a freshman, but I think he might play some. The real question for the defense comes back to the secondary. Yeah, a guy, Charles Brantley, he'll be returning. Yeah, Angelo Gross, he'll be returning in the nickel, although I, I, I really don't like him. I really don't like watching Angelo Gross. I really don't feel like he understands what Scotty Hazleton calls. Like, every time something would happen, or state blows a coverage, or you're just going, what are we, what is that? What are we doing in the past defense? It always felt like Angelo Gross is the fucking guy you're talking about. It always felt that way. I just, I don't know. I feel like he's just proved he can't do the job. Now, I don't think he's going to be one of the starting safeties. He will be a guy who's like a rover, kind of comes down into the box, maybe a little more. Yeah, nickel, looking to play the run somewhat because I think he's good in the run game. He's a good tackler. He's a hard hitter. But it'll be who? Jaden Mangum, Malik Spencer at safeties. Mangum's a sophomore. I think Spencer's a sophomore. Um, and then Dylan Tatum at the other corner, also a sophomore. 
Like those guys are young. Those guys played a little bit last year. They played some. They haven't played a ton. When they did play, they got worked, which, you know, trial by fire is what it is. I don't hate that. But they're young, dude. They got to learn what to do. They got to learn speed. They got to fucking, like, physically match up with the guys Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State puts up. I do feel, but I felt going into last year this way, it can't get worse as far as the pass coverage goes. And they're similar to the to the, the way the offensive line complements the run game and obviously the QB. I think the defensive line's the same. Like having a have it, our defensive line should be one of the better units in the conference. I think they're going to be like very good. Michigan's the improvement barometric scale aside, barometric barometer aside. I think MSU's defensive line front seven is just going to be good, compete with everybody type of good. And when that's the case, if you can get to the QB with four, when the blitzes it works, sky stuff, those seven alone can stop the run. If that works, everybody, the secondary, your job, way fucking easier, right? One plus one equals two. So even though they are young, even though they are inexperienced, even though they are going to have to kind of learn on the fly, especially like Malik Spencer, he hasn't played a ton. I don't know how much corner Tatum played. Mangum played against OSU, had that concussion. He didn't play a ton. You're, it's way easier to do those jobs if you can get home with four. It's way easier if you rush five and the blitz is there like that. It's a lot easier if you don't have to cover for seven seconds because mo- nobody in front of you knows how to rush the passer. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier if you're not paranoid about the run because you know Jacoby Winman will sniff it out every single time. It's a lot easier. So with all of that said, I don't know how the offense isn't considerably improved. I don't know how the defense isn't considerably improved. And when you add that to the fact that we went five and seven last year, I don't know how we don't go six and six or better. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Central Michigan, that's got to be a win. Richmond, that's got to be a win. Washington, now this is the big one. I said it. I've said it a few times. I think this is the game on the schedule where it's like, Okay. Let's see. I think if MSU wins this game at home, maybe the biggest home game other than the Michigan one last year, probably the biggest home game Mel Tucker has had at MSU. Actually, for sure, the biggest home game. The place is going to be buzzing. We are going to be hoping for something big. We know what's on the stake for Washington. We want fucking retribution. It's going to be, it's going to have vibes like that Oregon game in 2015. The place is going to be rocking. It's going to be a prove-it game for Mel. It's going to be a pivotal game for this team and this season, regardless of Mel and his tenure. That's a game I know will be the underdogs. I know Penix did this, this, and this. I know the optics. I know what the line will be. And we'll say for the sake, we lose that game, fine. But that's a game I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State wins. I think that's a game Michigan State is going to be in when, like, We will 100%. That will be a game in the second half. I do think that is a guarantee. I do think it's like there's a fair chance State wins. Maybe that's 30%. Maybe that's 40%. I do think there's a fair chance State wins that game. And if if State does win that game, this season could be a lot different than everybody expects. Let me just say that. But for now, we'll say we lose that game. Heisman candidate, Mike Penix, he's the man. Our defense isn't quite there. Fine, we're 2-1. and one. Next week, Maryland comes back home. I know Maryland's pretty good. I know Talia. I'm a, I'm a Talia Tagovailoa guy. When Like, they're a team when they play Michigan. I'm like, look, I know how good Michigan is, but I don't know. Maryland, they might fuck around. Maryland almost fucked around and beat them last year. Um, I think State beat them, like, somewhat handedly last year, which is kind of surprising. But I think State beats them again. It's in East Lansing. Talia, as great as he is, he is a guy who will make mistakes. Um, And I do think now if MSU beats Washington, maybe this is a letdown spot. We'll see. But I do think, I don't know, I think Michigan State, I, I just think we win that game. I just think the team's better. I think Michigan State's team is considerably improved from last year, and we beat them last year. That's how I feel about that game. Here's the next one, Iowa on the road. The first road game, that's going to be tough, dude. Fucking four straight 
in East Lansing, every single one in the month of September, and then kicking off the road schedule with Iowa. That is brutal. They haven't announced the time for that game. I'd imagine if State's 4-0, and Iowa's ranked 25th before the season gets going here. I'd imagine if State's 4-0, and by the grace of God going into that one, it's a night game. Maybe even if State's 3-1, and who knows? But they haven't announced the time. Hopefully that shit's at fucking 8 in the morning. We'll count this as a loss. We'll say this is lost. Kinnick's a tough place to play. Iowa's supposed to be good. But this is a game, again, where I'm like, I'm not super – like, yeah, Iowa's tough to play at, but, like, they're going to score 13 points. They're going to score 13 points. You could put prime Peyton Manning on Iowa's team. They're going to score 13 points. I know they got McNamara. I know they got Eric Hall. I know, dude, fucking Gabe McNamara, wait on this. Bro, when's the last time Iowa has scored over 13 points a game in a season? When's the last time that that's happened? I know they got Cade. Maybe they'll be better. We'll see. They'll have four games to play before MSU sees them in week five. Maybe they'll be scoring 50 a night. Who fucking knows? Obviously, my tune will change if that's the case. Bro, you could put – they don't like points. Iowa doesn't do points, bro. If you, if they score it, the number starts with a two – they have to run sprints every day after practice that week. They don't score. And until the University of Iowa, Michael, Vic, Peyton Manning, Cade McNamara, I don't give who plays the position, until they they actually do score points, and I'm old enough to remember it, I don't ever believe they're going to do it. Partner that with State being improved both offensively and defensively. I w- Again, it's another game where I'm like, People are going, there's no chance you win that game. I'm like, how is there no chance? That's a game going in. I'm going to be going, let's fucking win the game. Let's fucking win the game. That's a Looking at it on the schedule right now, I go, look, we're going to be the underdogs most likely. Look, well, again, 40% chance. Like, we may not win it. It's probably unlikely we'll win it. But to sit here and go, no way, you're Iowa and you win in that. Why? Why is that that crazy? I just don't get it. But we'll say we'll say we lose. That that game and the Washington game are going to be battles. The Maryland game is going to be a tough one too. There's no doubt about it. Michigan State Rutgers, look, we're beating Rutgers. I I just have to, I have to say we're beating Rutgers. So at this point, after week six, MSU is four and two. Michigan in East Lansing. This is another one. I mean, yes, Michigan will be the heavy favorite. Oh, were they going to fucking beat Michigan? There's no chance. There was no chance they'd beat him in 2021. There was no chance they'd beat him in 20. Every year, there's no chance. Every year, there's no chance. Michigan won last year. Good job. Every year, there's no chance. We were fucking Mel Tucker's 24-point underdogs. We smoked it. We kicked that Michigan's ass up and down the field that day. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be in East Lansing. It's, it's, look. If you're a Michigan fan, you're sitting here going, dude, you guys fucking stink. You won five and seven. Yeah, you got a couple transfers. You're not going to contend with this team. Michigan's too good. I hear you. You're for sure going to be the favorite. I think our defense is going to be much improved. Specifically, the front seven is going to match up infinitely, infinitely better with Michigan's offensive line than they did last year. I firmly believe that. I think our offense will match up infinitely better offensive line, that is, with your defensive line. I firmly believe that. Will Noah Kim slash Caden Hauser be built for it? Will they be up to the task? That remains to be seen. JJ's played in these games. He knows what it's about. We'll see if those those guys get it done. Look, Michigan State's beaten Michigan in years where I've, I've, I will have thought MSU had less of a chance than this year. We'll say it's a loss for the sake of, I guess, somewhat integrity. Another game. If Michigan State won that game, I'd be sitting here going, I could see that. But we'll say it's a loss. Three and three. At Minnesota, win the fucking game. Nebraska and East Lansing, we're beating Nebraska. Ohio State, that's an L. Yeah, that's an L. Um, Five and four. At Indiana, you got to beat Indiana. That's six wins. And then Penn State and East Lansing. We'll say it's an L, but another game. Wouldn't be surprised. We do well against Penn State. End of the season, maybe Penn State, depending on how their season's going, they're out of gas. They got nothing to play for. Maybe MSU's getting guys back. We're catching our stride. Maybe we're going for our ninth win. Maybe we're feeling good. Who fucking knows? But even if we lose to Penn State, that would make six and six. We went five and seven last year. 
we are, I, I think we're going to be better considerably on both sides of the ball. I don't know how state doesn't go six and six plain and simple. Let's talk Michigan. We already know what there is to say. See, that's the thing. It's almost a sad part. I, I'm curious, Michigan fans. Um, how do you feel about, I mean, this is a stupid fucking question. How do you feel about being really good? How do you feel about having a team where the expectations to win the Big Ten and maybe win an attic? God fucking damn it. Obviously, you feel good. It's the dumbest shit I've ever said. Obviously, you feel good. This is what Michigan, I'm talking about it with the Lions. Michigan fans, this is it. This is what you waited for forever since World War II, bro, for it, since Hitler was taking Turkish baths. Obviously, you're excited. But the question I was going to pose, is it kind of sad being this sweet where you already know, like, there's nothing to even talk about? Like, if you're a Michigan fan who just can't get enough, dude, you're a blood-sucking little rat scurrying around the alleyways of Transylvania, and you just can't get enough fucking Michigan news. Who's on the depth chart? Who's playing well? Who's the up-and-coming freshman? You just can't get enough. Is it is it boring reading everything and everyone going, they're going to be fucking sweet? Michigan preview, going to win almost every game. Might lose one. Michigan season preview, if they lost two, it would be a shocker. Michigan season preview, national championship or but is it tough? Like there is no, hey, I think the defense will be bad. Hey, I think this guy, it's just, we're it, dude. This is, roll out the machinery. There is nothing left to be said. Is it a little boring? Can't get your fix? Um, I mean, dude, look, Michigan formula, their formula is going to be the same. They're going to dominate everyone on the offensive line. They have two sick running backs who are going to hit open holes, make people miss. Turn nothings into some things. They got a QB who can throw. They got a QB who can run. They got a QB who now has played a full season of big time games, high stakes pressure games. They got a QB who I would assume will improve heading into this being his third junior season. Um, well, you've got a QB who one of the things, one of the few things he could really, you know, clean up is kind of rash decisions, throwing that, the ball into traffic here and there. You would assume another year older, another year more experienced. That falls a little bit. You've got a defense who was awesome last year, who I think is bringing most people back, if I'm not mistaken. I know Mozzie Smith's gone, but I think quite a few coming back on the defense. Uh, You got two corners who are standouts. Secondary, whole secondary is, is, you know, borderline elite. Uh, Linebacking core is going to be great. Defensive line is going to be great. You love your defensive coordinator. I I guess the one question for Michigan is how do you replace Jake Moody? Is whoever that person is going to be up to it? Because Jake Moody was fucking huge last year. That Illinois game, that Illinois game, bro. Don't forget about Jake Moody now. Jake Moody was – Jake Moody kicked like 20 field goals against State. You don't have Jake Moody. That might be a different game. Don't forget about replacing Jake Moody. I mean, that's the question. That's the big question. For Michigan heading into the offseason, how do you replace the greatest kicker in school history? That's your biggest problem. Harbaugh, I guess they self-impose a suspension for the first three games. <laughs> East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. <laughs> he was going to self-impose it for the first four, but Rutgers was too threatening an opponent to do that, so they cut it to three. Um, look, Michigan's going to be unreal, dude. It's never going to change that I hope Michigan loses every single time they play anything. Like, that will never in my life change. Anything. A chess match. I hope you get fucking killed. Anything. I'll talk about football. Like, I'm a normal person. I'll talk about football. Michigan's going to be fucking stacked. If they lost two games, if they go 10-2 and in the regular season, that is a overwhelming disappointment, I would say, which is, you know, you sh- if that does happen, Michigan fans, you should take a minute right now and just think about how far you come. Think about where you're at. If that does happen, where you go 10-2 and two and everyone's bummed out, people are pointing fingers, this is the worst, I can't believe it ended like this. Take a moment right now. Like, stop and smell the roses. Just fucking A, I'm congested. Do you hear that? So congested, but if you can smell... Just take a whiff of those roses. You know, ooh, 10 and 2 is a massive disappointment for you this year. 
Think about where you're at. 10 and 2 is a massive disappointment for you this year. I'd like to think we're friends, even if whoever's listening is a Michigan fan. My my overwhelming disappointment is four and eight. Four games. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're going to have the same reaction if you win 10? If my team won 10 this year, I'd go, that was an unbelievable season. That is an unbelievable year. It's an unbelievable job. Just take that in for a second. They lose one game. It's a bummer, but it's a fucking, it's the big 10. It's the big 10. Losing a game, like anytime you go 12 and 0, that is a feat. It is so hard to go undefeated in college football, regardless of the division, the conference you play in. It is a lot harder to go undefeated in college football when you're in the Big Ten East. Now, granted, Michigan didn't go out and schedule a heavyweight in the non-conference this year, which, you know, people are going to go both ways on that all day long. Whatever. I don't fucking care. It does, if you if you schedule them and you win that game, it doesn't matter. If you schedule it and you lose that game, it might matter. So I can't really blame them for not scheduling them. All right. East Carolina, going to be 80-0. to zero. UNLV, 84 to zero Bowling green. That might be a hundred to zero. And then we get into the real meat of the schedule Rutgers in Ann Arbor, 60 to zero, 50 to zero. Maybe I hear Rutgers is pretty good this year. South, much like MSU first four of the year, all in Ann Arbor for U of M. This one, I'd assume Michigan fans would agree with me. Week five on the road at Nebraska time to be determined. I feel like you're probably on drugs if that's not a nice night game, right? I feel like you've got to be smoking something that you can't buy at a CVS if you think Nebraska hosting Michigan, Matt Rule year one, isn't going to be a night game. I feel like that's the lock of the millennium. Now, I don't know how good Nebraska is supposed to be. I know Matt Rule had Baylor cooking. I know they've gotten better on the recruiting trail just since he's been there. And I know Nebraska is a hostile environment. I'd assume Nebraska probably won't be great, but playing, you know, a little bit of a time change going west. Nebraska place is going to be going fucking nuts. They're going to want to see it. Potential for an beyond a signature win in year one for the new coach. I think that's going to be a tough game. I think Michigan will win it, but I think that's going to be a tough game. Michigan at Minnesota, 40 nothing. Indiana at Michigan, 40 nothing. Michigan and Michigan State, we just talked about that one. We'll say Michigan wins 28-27. Um, Purdue at Michigan, that's another one, maybe a little bit of a sleeper spot uh, because it's MSU on the road prior to that. Purdue comes to Ann Arbor, and then the following week is Penn State on the road. little bit of a sleeper spot maybe. They do have the bye the week before Purdue, which is huge, but maybe a little bit of a sleep, sleeper spot. I'm going to pick them to win that game, but – you never know what will happen. Purdue, they've got Jeff Brom, a little bit of a funky offense. Michigan at Penn State. I mean, yeah, that's the toss-up. That's the toss-up. Um, damn, dude, Michigan's last five weeks are not too kind. The first the first six, the first seven, you are fucking coasting. But Michigan, they backloaded the fuck out of your guys' schedule this year. You got Michigan at Michigan State. That's going to be a dogfight whether you like it or not. Um, bye week, big, great time for a bye week for them. Purdue comes to Ann Arbor, a little bit of a sleeper spot. Purdue, a little tricky with the offense. Then you go to Happy Valley against preseason number seven, Penn State. Tough game to win. I feel like Michigan always wins. I guess maybe not always, but I feel like Michigan does pretty well against Penn State is, you know, two. It's huge that this game is noon. Not a night game, not a whiteout in Happy Valley. It's huge that it's in Happy Valley uh, because I think if it's if it was in Ann Arbor, I'd say Michigan pretty comfortably. It's going to be a tough one. I guess I'll say Michigan wins. It's going to be a tough one. And then another sleep the following week at Maryland, another sleeper spot. Tricky team, tricky quarterback, trying to play spoiler. And then, of course, the game after that in Ann Arbor. They're two in a row they've lost. They're going to be coming back. I guess Michigan wins. Ah. 
Uh, I assume Michigan's favorite in all of these, but dude, between MSU, Penn State, Ohio State, and then that Nebraska game on the road, Purdue sandwiched in there and Maryland sandwiched in there, I know Michigan's going to be elite, but to not lose one game, to not lose one game, it's a tall fucking task. But we'll see. This is their year to do it. Anything less, I think it's a disappointment. All right, that's all I got this week, folks. Appreciate you. I think we'll be back with two, two episodes next week. Catch you next time.